0: One, two, three.
1: Welcome to Three Song Stories, the show that proves that tying music and memory to conversation into a microphone works so well bringing out the storyteller and our guests, it even works with teenagers. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Kristen Noble. Kristen's a 17-year-old senior at Cypress Lake High School in Fort Myers. She says she developed a love of music at a young age thanks to her parents. Kristen has participated in many music ensembles and groups, including the A Cappella Group at Cypress with whom she recorded original songs on two albums and won outstanding arrangement for her original song, Simple Math. She also does musical theater and is up for a Jimmy Award this year for her performance of Sandra Templeton in Big Fish. As a musician, Kristen released her original debut album, Lyrical Therapy, in October of 2022. It's on all streaming platforms, and as of this recording, it has accumulated more than 400,000 streams on Spotify. As she wraps up her senior year, Kristen says she aspires to pursue a career in songwriting because of her love of language and melody, and that when she's not busy writing and performing, she enjoys watching movies, spending time with her friends and family, and analyzing Taylor Swift's discography. Good morning, Kristen. Good
0: morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I
1: am fantastic. Thank you for doing this.
0: Yes, thank you for having me on.
1: What is the best thing about Taylor Swift?
0: Oh my goodness, that's a hard question because I love everything about Taylor Swift. But I think probably her lyricism and the way that she just captures emotions and like just captures life is so unique in a way that just I feel like everyone can relate to at least one of her songs.
1: Are you the biggest Taylor Swift fan you know?
0: I think maybe, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, like, people, like, know that about me.
1: That's what I was hoping (laughs) was true in this case. Um, Okay, so where were you born, um, and how would you describe the musical background of your
0: childhood? So I was born here in, I think, technically Naples, but Fort Myers, (laughs) Um, the Fort Myers area, and... Growing up, I listened to just a lot of like the top hits. Um, I like when I was younger, I didn't really have like a streaming platform or something I listened to music on, but except for Pandora. Um, and also my grandparents would play like the M- MTV station on their TV. Um, and so I listened to a lot of like hits growing up, but also my dad, um, Used to play in a lot of like, he used to be a rock band guy. He plays the bass, and so he used to be in like 80s rock bands. Oh, okay. So he would play some of that um, too, some like 80s rock and uh, like Aerosmith and stuff. And uh, my mom, they're, they just, both of my parents love music a lot. So sometimes we would just be having a conversation and they would be like, oh, remember this song? And then they would play it for me. So I grew up with like a lot of music everywhere both old and new
1: what's the earliest musical memory you can recall if you try to dig deep
0: oh that's a good question um probably taylor swift honestly (laughs) (laughs) it's probably uh at my grandparents house dancing around to like old taylor swift like her first album in the living room like making up dances being about how old um like maybe seven
1: yeah yeah hmm um instruments were they being played around you or did you well you said your dad plays bass but what else was happening around you
0: yeah so my dad has three bass guitars and one regular guitar um and so sometimes yeah he would like pick them up and play it and it would be those are always some great memories for me to like walk in and he's like playing the guitar or um one time I used to love, I'm such a like Disney girl, but I used to love like Hannah Montana and stuff like that. Who didn't? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so he learned a song from that once and like accompanied me when I was younger. And then he also did that again recently um, for, I just had my first gig uh, last week and he, we he accompanied me to The Climb. Oh, yeah? Which was a different Hannah Montana song. Than so he
1: his brought script, his guitar or his bass?
0: His bass, yeah. and I played my guitar, too.
1: And that was your first gig out in the public? Yeah. How'd it go?
0: It was really good. How were the nerves? Oh, I was I was very nervous leading up to it, um, but I performed a lot, so I knew how to like calm myself. But then once I actually got up there, it was so much fun. Like I was actually surprised at how much fun I had doing that. So
1: Was guitar your first instrument?
0: No, piano was actually my first instrument. Um, I have a keyboard in my room and I I've taken some lessons, but I'm mostly self-taught on both keyboard and, um, guitar. So yeah, I, I, I've been playing piano sort of like so, so, um, since I was pretty little. Um, and then I just, started teaching myself guitar like three years ago, maybe. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm.
1: So have you had lessons or is that just totally like sitting in the room, watching videos, trying to learn?
0: Yeah, it's mostly just that. um, The only like lesson type thing I've had is from my dad, just like giving me tips and pointers and exercises to help. So,
1: What was the first show you were in in theater in school?
0: In school? Okay, the very first show I was in in school was uh, The Wizard of Oz when I was in fifth grade. Well, technically. I mean, technically it was Annie when I was in kindergarten, but that was like... I don't really remember it, and it was like yeah. A small
1: they tell you thing. you were in Annie. Yeah, they told
0: me I was in Annie. <laughs> But the fir- that was also the first, like, lead I ever had was in The Wizard of Oz. You were Dorothy? I was Dorothy. Wow. Did you have a dog? <laughs> no. There was a kid that played a dog. <laughs>
1: um, uh, what about, like, uh, talent shows? I remember, you when know, Gwen was in elementary school and middle school. Talent shows were a big thing. You'd get up there and lip sync or, or sing to a, a CD track that was played too loudly or something. Yeah. Did you do those things?
0: Yeah. I remember we had one talent show in my elementary school. I think we, it was probably an annual thing, but I think I only did it once or twice. And um, I sang Wings by Little Mix. And I, I think I was in like maybe third grade. And I actually think I slayed it. Like I think I did
1: so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, do you uh, um, have any aspirations to play electric guitar?
0: I, I have an electric guitar. Oh, okay. Um, it's pink. <laughs> um, and so. It goes so, with
1: your. Uh, Aqua Blue
2: yeah, acoustic? my
0: Aqua Acoustic. And I also name my guitars. My acoustics name is Joni after Joni Mitchell. And my electric's name is Wisteria after a Taylor Swift lyric. So. <laughs> okay.
1: You mentioned your grandparents. Other um, musical memories associated with them?
0: Um, it's mostly just like the dancing around in their living room. Or like we would play cards and they would have like music playing on the TV. A lot of the most – the main um, music I remember – playing was, like, early Taylor Swift, so. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. My grandpa loves country music, so. What about you? Me? Yeah, country music. I do like country music. There was, like, a while, I feel like I like every type of music now, but there was a while where I didn't really listen to country music or, like, rap, like, those were, like, kind of the two genres I didn't really listen to. But now I've kind of like expanded and I, I, um, especially since I like recorded my album in Nashville and like, I've been there a few times, uh, country music has definitely grown on me and I definitely, I I do listen to it sometimes. We
1: get more to your uh, Nashville recording. Um, have you ever owned music that you could hold in your hands?
0: Yeah, I do. I have, (laughs) I have a record player Okay. and I have a little vinyl collection so, All Taylor Swift? <laughs> no, no. I have a few Taylor Swift albums. Okay, yeah. I have Folklore and Red Taylor's version and Midnight's and Lover, and I think. What those was are the first one? The first, the first, like the
1: beginning of the collection.
0: Um, I think it was Folklore by Taylor Swift and uh, a Born to Die by Lana Del Rey. Those were like the two I kind of started with, and then I've grown it. I have, I have a lot that I I really love. I have Blue by Joni Mitchell. Mm which is one of my favorite albums. Um, I have The Stranger by Billy Joel... Wow. Yeah. Diverse. I, oh, I, I, I love re- it. My music taste is very diverse. I will listen to pretty much anything.
1: Um, last question before first song. Do you remember the first time that you saw music that was played live that wasn't like maybe your dad or maybe like a choir, but you know, like a concert or something?
0: I think my first concert was One Direction <laughs> when I was in like third grade. Gwen's chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it that well, but I do remember just like the The girls that were sitting around us, like the teenage girls, were like so loud, like their screams were like piercing to the ears, and I I definitely remember freaking out. Um,
1: Did you get swept up into the screaming?
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but I was probably just a little starstruck. <laughs> yeah
1: hmm. who's the guy gwen in 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 one direction is that somebody i you've told me this before
0: harry styles oh yeah, yeah that I, guy he's no, on yeah. the cover
1: of the magazine at Publix.
0: no yeah my dad came <laughs> in my room once and was like and i was like no yeah this happened with harry styles and he was like who is harry styles and i was, <laughs> she like, what was like dad mean, you i'd be like harry you styles know is. what
1: do you mean who is george washington <laughs> uh okay let's do your first song then okay You want to tell a story? You want to listen to it?
0: Um, I think I can start with the story for this first Tell us what it is first. This is 15 Taylor's version by Taylor Swift.
1: Real quick, Gwen, that's going to be... Okay. I had them lined up differently, but... Oh, okay. Continue.
0: So the story that goes along with this song is kind of uh, a few little stories um, because this song is kind of one that, um, as the song progresses, it kind of explains my life, at least when I was 15, that age, kind of chronologically. Um, And it's just really interesting how everything kind of aligns um, with my own life. So first things first, it starts with like the first day of high school. And this is the only thing that's a little bit chronologically incorrect for me because I was 14 when I started high school and I turned 15 (laughs) in March of that year. But, um, But yeah, so my first day of high school, I remember... Like waking up early, and I was super nervous. Um, and I wore like, like the most basic like visco girl outfit. That was like a thing my freshman year. Um, and I, I didn't even have visco, so I don't. know why. It's
1: so funny because I actually know what that means.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So then I went to school, and I didn't know anyone because uh, going to Cyprus, everyone from my middle school went to like Estero or Fort Myers pretty much. Um, and I didn't really know hardly anyone at Cyprus. Were you
1: going to the center or did that come later? To the center, okay, yeah. That
0: was why I chose Cyprus Understood. It was for, okay. yeah, uh, the arts. But yeah, so it starts off with her first day of freshman year. And it just talks about how like this is life before you know who you're going to be. You know, like this is, this is your first taste of like being a little bit more grown up. Um, and so, then it, the song kind of progresses, and um, and then she sits next to a girl on her first day of school. And this is where, it, yeah, again, like, it's a little bit inaccurate, but um, I turned 15, like, right after COVID started. So, that birthday, it actually ended up being a good birthday, despite being in quarantine. Um, I... I was supposed to go to Disney World, but I ended up, like, making my own Disney at home. And I, like, played the music that they play in the parks. And I, like, made my own little, like, rides and, like, went to my neighborhood pool that no one was that. Um, And it ended up being a really fun day with my mom and I. Um, And, yeah, so that was my 15th birthday.
1: And that was, like, maybe – like so, right when the lockdown first started.
0: Yeah, like yeah. my birthday's in March, so it was literally like a week after lockdown started. Mm. Um, and once I turned fifteen, I I don't know how this happened, but there was a theater company that was still open. <laughs> <laughs> it was a few months after I was fifteen. It was it was later in the summer, um, but yeah. And so I ended up doing High School Musical. And that's where I met a lot of my friends, like, that I'm still really, really close with today, including my best friend, Marissa. Um, and that's what kind of relates to this song is how she kind of just got, like, thrown together with, like, this girl who ended up being, like, her best friend. Um, and so meeting Marissa, we were both in the same show. We hadn't really talked yet. And we were making a TikTok. Like, our whole group was, like, about High School Musical Um and we were in, like, this fake prop tree <laughs> okay. because there's a scene in High School Musical where Coach Bolton runs in and there's uh, Troy and Chad in a tree, and we were making that. So so her and I were in the tree, and we didn't even know each other yet. And then after we, like, filmed that little video, I turned and I was like, hi, I'm Kristen. And she was like, oh, I'm Marissa. And we just clicked instantly, and she's still, like, my best friend. Um, and... uh yeah that's just a very special like 15 was a year that was very formative for me um because I feel like that really was and she says this in the song like the age where like I kind of like figured out who I was and like who I was supposed to be or whatever but um and then also she talks about uh, you're, when you're on your first date and he's got a car, <laughs> and that was that that was accurate for me. Um, but then she says, "Uh, you're dancing around your room when the night ends." And when I got home from my first date, I was dancing around my room, and it was to this song. I, and I listened to this song, and I it's just so like cute and kind of surreal. Yeah. Um, that she wrote this about like herself, and then it ended up being that song for someone else that, that like someone the, else was it's listening to. the beauty to and to power them. of music and yeah. storytelling, right? Yeah. And then it kind of shifts gears halfway through the song um, when she experiences like her first heartbreak. And, and then she says, back then I swore I was going to marry him someday, but I realized some bigger dreams of mine. Um, and that really just hits for me because like, that first heartbreak was really kind of what sparked, like, a need to have an outlet for me, which became my writing. Um, And so, like, her bigger dream was, of course, you know, being the star that she is. And that was kind of my bigger dream that I realized as well. Um, And so I just feel very connected to this song for a multitude of reasons. But... Yeah, so 15 was a crazy age, and now looking back on it as a senior, um, it's kind of cool because when I was 15, I was listening to the, the like original version of this song, mm-hmm. 15, and now I get to look back and listen to Taylor's version. Which, which- I
1: knew about that because <laughs> of NPR. Yes!
0: Yes! <laughs> <laughs> And so now it's like older Taylor singing about her younger self, and it's older me listening and singing about my younger self. So. Um,
1: well, let's listen to it, okay? Yeah. Okay. And this is 15, Taylor's Version <laughs> um, by Taylor Swift off her Fearless Taylor's Version mm-hmm. album that was released in 2021. It's our guest today, high school senior Kristen Noble's first song on three-song stories. It's biography through music. <laughs> You know, the great thing about music is is that you know throughout your life that song will always take you back to that time in your life and you'll see it through different lenses yeah you know yeah uh, how long between that time and that realization that you said started opening up your desire to express yourself before you wrote your first song
0: well i mean i've written songs since i was like little um in like elementary school but of course they weren't very good back then <laughs> um they were just kind of silly but Oh, definitely. Like when I was sad, I'm a very emotional person, um, and when I was sad about having this heartbreak, it wasn't. It didn't take very long before I wrote. I even wrote. Actually, I wrote um, probably my first um, song that I think is like really good and like really cute. Um, when I was actually in my first relationship, um, and it's kind of like a love song. Um, so that was probably the first song. That I really, that my I, I consider it kind of my first song, even though it's not really my first song. Um, and that was just kind of a cute little love song. And then I went a while without writing another song. And then I went through my first breakup and then I wrote tons and tons of songs about it. Um, and then I started writing tons and tons of songs about other things, and it kind of just grew from there. So,
1: How many of those songs, the tons and tons that you wrote about the breakup, did you keep that are still around, maybe that you've played or released?
0: Um, Most of the songs on my album. <laughs> <laughs> There's 10 songs on my album, and probably like seven are from that okay. time. So. <laughs> uh,
1: so you went to Cypress Lake Center for the Arts. Yes. Uh, theater. Right from the get go?
0: Um, I'm actually a vocal okay. major. Okay, I was there, wondering. But if I maybe. do theater as well. Okay. I'm kind of a theater minor, technically.
1: Um, you know, so explain for our listeners what that school is like because that's a cool little kind of outlier in Lee County.
0: Yeah. So uh, basically, the center has, I think, five different, four or five different, um, main focuses they call them majors um so there's vocal or music there's also like orchestra um and there's dance theater and then there's like visual arts um and I auditioned uh my eighth grade year I auditioned for theater voice and dance actually and I got into all three and my main decision was really between theater and vocal because I I love dance but it's not really my main thing that I do so um, I ended up choosing vocal because I knew that I could take some theater classes too but I also knew that I wanted a very like comprehensive like music focused experience for me personally so but I also love the theater department there um, and it's just really awesome because the teachers are all really great and and the it's just a kind of a place where young artists can kind of, be creative and uh, collaborate and, and just, Learn so it's really cool.
1: You got your own little space too, yeah. which is awesome. I mean, yeah. you do have to l- trudge over to main campus <laughs> yeah. some, but you get to have your own little world there.
0: Yeah, because the center is its own campus and it's really pretty. It's outdoors with a nice courtyard, and yeah.
1: Do you do the a cappella group? I do. Yes. Yeah, all the way through. So you've been doing that the whole time. I've been doing it since my. You guys do good year. work.
0: Uh, thank you. <laughs> I, we actually have a competition tomorrow. Oh yeah. Um, that I'm driving to Orlando later today for so (laughs) very cool
1: what was your first theater show that you did there
0: um at cyprus it was anastasia actually i think um i did theater like all pretty much my whole life i've done theater and most uh the beginning of my high school career i wasn't doing it at cyprus i was doing it um, in other community theaters around Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think my first show at cyprus was anastasia and it was literally the best experience of my life. Like it was so amazing because that was a dream role for me. I played Anya, um, and it was so awesome to get to play that role.
1: You're uh, you're you're up for kind of some kind of award for Big Fish, right? I Which am. I saw. Great show. Oh,
0: thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm up for a Jimmy Award. Um, the Broadway Stars of the Future puts that on, and uh, they have their competition, I guess it is, in um, May in Tampa at the Straz Center. So I'll be going there in May. Hmm.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm looking at my notes now, and I forgot to ask about when we were talking about the acapella group, um, Simple Math. Mm -hmm. That's a song of yours? Yes. And then you arranged it for acapella? I didn't
0: arrange it, but um, we sent it out to an outside arranger that does most of our arrangements for um, TAG. But yeah, so Simple Math was the first song that I released um both with Acapella and by myself, uh, my own version too. Um and it was it was also the first song I recorded um, my first recording experience was with the acapella group um, before I went to Nashville and recorded my own stuff. So it was really, really awesome because I got to have some sort of background in recording before I went up and like tried to do it on my own. Um, well, not on my own with session musicians and amazing yeah. people, but um, my own version. And yeah, and it, and we performed it in our set also um, my junior year. Yeah, it came out um, on the album from my junior year. We recorded it my sophomore year, um, and it, yeah, we re- we performed it in our competition set, and it won best arrangement. Mm. So, and then I also have another original um, on the latest tag album, uh, and that's called Losing Game. So,
1: uh, are you familiar with the Manchester Orchestra song Simple Math?
0: I. Only because when I search simple math, it shows up. <laughs>
1: have you listened to it?
0: I have not listened to it, but I should have.
1: I uh, use Manchester Orchestra. I run the film festival that's mm-hmm. in, at the Sydney and Bern, and so I play music from the booth for like crowd control. You yeah. Know? And the, it's just this sort of big, huge, almost operatic, operatic um, rock band mm-hmm. that you can just kind of have on in the background, and it's just sort of accessible. Mm-hmm. So you should check it out. I, I mean, will. it's not the kind of music I listen to all the time, but. It's a cool song.
0: Yeah, I definitely will.
1: Um, So um, do your parents listen to the radio in the car? Like the radio radio. We used (laughs) to. I'm trying to to track where the line is with people because that's becoming increasingly uncommon.
0: Yeah, it is. We used to listen to the radio every morning uh, when my dad or my mom would drive me to school. We would listen to 103.9. And... Elementary school. But then I kind of got into like the streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. So I, I I will turn on the radio sometimes. Now when I turn on the radio, I usually listen to like the sunny jazz station. <laughs> um, but yeah, usually I just use Spotify. <laughs>
1: As a young musician in today's world, do you aspire to hear your song on the radio? Or does that even matter to you?
0: No, I I definitely do. Uh, I always see those videos of artists like hearing their song on the radio for the first time. And I'm like, Oh, I want to experience that. That seems so cool. Um, I actually have had some radio play through um, this group called Planetary Group. And they have gotten me some mostly on like college radio and stuff really like that. Um, Not local, but yeah, so I haven't heard my song on the radio, but but I also did uh, get, we we also had an ad on 103.9 for a little bit um, that played like kind of snippets of my An ad songs.
1: for Tag?
0: For me. For you. <laughs> you,
1: you had an album. You know,
0: how did that come about? Uh, um, <laughs> well, okay, my parents are sort of like my manager PR people as well. <laughs> um and as well as myself like we all collaborate on that end of it and uh yeah we we reached out to the people at 103.9 um i was on there with tag we we performed a little bit on there and did an interview on there but um yeah, and then we reached out to them, and they let us put together an ad that had some snippets of some of my songs in it, and uh, just said, Kristen Noble. <laughs>
1: were, your, were your manager parents tracking whether that bumped clicks?
0: I, <laughs> think, I think so. I don't know if it really did, though, but I definitely, I had some people reach out and be like, oh my gosh, I just heard your ad on the radio, and I was like, oh my gosh, you listen to the radio, cool.
1: <laughs> ah, cool. Um, okay, well, let's do your second song. Okay which one is this
0: this one is going to be quarter life crisis okay. by taylor bickett and i think we can listen to this one first
1: okay um i like it this is uh Kristen noble's second song here on three song stories today quarter life crisis by taylor bickett released in 2022
2: I don't know why I'm
1: I'm wondering if your third song is going to be about being 31. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> All right. What's the story? <laughs>
0: okay. So Taylor Bickett was an artist that I found in quarantine on TikTok. Um, and I saw her video and I was just amazed. like Because she's so, so talented both at songwriting and at singing. Um, she has such an amazing voice. And so I just like watched all of her videos and like a million times and I was just totally in love with her her songs and her covers and everything that she was posting in and she hadn't released any music yet um but I followed her and I followed her on Instagram and back then she only had I think like 10k followers on Instagram um and and then I she released her first song um and I was like, "Wow, this is amazing! Best thing I've ever heard." <laughs> and then she started releasing like a few different singles, and I was posting about them whenever they came out. And she like viewed my story and like swiped up on it. And was like, "Oh my gosh, thank you so much for like posting about my song." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I love you." <laughs> and so she kind of like had an idea of who I was a little bit because like as a fan, like I would like post stuff yeah, about her. Kind music. of an early fan, like earliest fan. fan, yeah. yeah. yeah so I just like listened to her all the time and anything that she would post, I'd be like, oh, I have to watch this. Like, I love her. Um, And so she went to Belmont University, which is in Nashville. um, And that's kind of how I found out about the school. Um, And now I applied there and I got in, but I'm still waiting to hear back from the songwriting program. Um, But it's definitely one of my top choices of schools I want to go to so thanks Taylor for introducing it to me um through social media um and then one of the times that I was in Nashville recording um I had seen her posting on her story like that she was doing gigs, um, but it was in a different state, not in Tennessee. So I thought like, okay, she's probably like traveling right now. But I checked her story just for fun, just in case. And she was doing a gig in Nashville that night. (laughs) And this was like in the morning. And I was like, no way, this is perfect. So I told my dad and I was like, Taylor Bickett is doing a gig tonight and we have to go. And he was like, okay. (laughs) And so I... I think I posted about it or something, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to see Taylor Bickett tonight. And so she saw it, and she was like, oh, my gosh, can't wait. I was like,
1: ah. It's happening. <laughs> it's
2: happening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so after a day of, like, recording my own stuff, we drove, like, 20 minutes outside of, like, downtown Nashville. And it was at this little coffee shop that was kind of attached to, like, an ap- apartment complex, sort of thing. So this was
1: not a stadium gig. No, She was going to be right there. Yeah, it was very (laughs)
0: intimate. Um, And I walked into the coffee shop and there was maybe like 10, 15 people there. And you were like, yes. And I was like, yes, oh my gosh. (laughs) And I saw her sitting on the couch and I was like, oh, starstruck, like totally didn't know what to do. Um, But we talked to this, uh, one of the guys who was putting it on um, from, I think it's called Underground Music Collective, which is, Uh, I think a nonprofit in Nashville for um, musicians and artists and stuff and so we talked to him for a little bit bought a t-shirt and then um, I got a coffee and I sat down and she actually came up to me and was like hi are you and I was like yes hi (laughs) and um, I was like oh my gosh I'm so excited to meet you and all that and we talked a little bit about music and we talked about uh, Belmont and I told her that was, like, at the time, that was definitely my top choice. Now it's, like, in the top three. Um, and so we were talking about that a little bit. And then she was one of, I think, like, five um, artists that were performing. And she was the last one to go on. So we kind of, like, sat near near each other with my dad and um, and watched the the other people perform. And when she performed I videoed her and so after I was like hey I have these videos I know I always like need videos of me to like post and stuff so I can like send them to you if you want she was like sure yeah so I like sent her those and she followed me back on Instagram (laughs) which was really cool um and then yeah so that was just a really amazing thing to like get to meet and then now um her that song we just listened to kind of went viral a little bit and um it was like a trend on TikTok and like some famous people even did it and now she has like 70,000 followers on Instagram and it's just been like really really cool to like see someone grow from like the beginning and to like be able to meet her and see her perform too and she's just very inspirational to me I so. was
1: just about to use that very word does yeah. she inspire you um to make your music a certain way, to write a certain way, or is it just more like her whole being and the success she's having?
0: It's definitely all of that, I think. Yeah, like her um, her lyricism is so good, and definitely any. I follow tons and tons of artists on social media, but um, anytime I see something like that, I'm like, "Ooh, that's so good!" and I get excited and I geek out about it, and then I like, I'm like, "Oh, I need to write something." <laughs>
1: So at what point during the arc at the center did you decide, I'm going to go to college for songwriting, you know, as a voice person?
0: Yeah. Um, Actually, originally I thought I wanted to go to college for theater for, like, the longest time. Um, And after I started writing more um, my sophomore year, um, I had also a friend who released music, and I was like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Um, And... And then once I started learning more about it and like she was definitely a big part of that because I saw that Belmont had such a cool program and I was like, huh. And then it kind of just developed for me uh, kind of organically and I kind of switched gears from theater to this, although I still love theater and I still love doing theater, too. So
1: Songwriting. Um, Do you? aspire to write songs for others, too? Or is this about just crafting, you know, becoming better at the craft of songwriting for your own music?
0: Yeah, it's all of the above. I definitely am open to anything um, in that area. But I, I, I think I'll – I want to continue doing my own stuff, but I definitely want to write for other people as well if I can. So,
1: Your album was called, is called Lyrical Therapy? Yes. Tell us about it, how it came together, and how you wound up recording it in Nashville.
0: So – I was writing all these songs, and I kind of just decided one day, I was like, I want to make an album. Like, I really, I think I can make an album. Um, But I didn't really know how, (laughs) and I did not know when. (laughs) But um, I started researching it, and I bought some equipment to try and do it myself. And then it was so overwhelming because I had no experience with, like, recording or producing or anything like that. Um so we we looked around at some studios. We looked at some local studios here in Fort Myers and my dad had a friend he went to high school with who had an like ex-boyfriend or something who actually wrote like won a Grammy for a song a country song he wrote, um, or nom was nominated for a Grammy or something. Um he wrote that one song, Te- Tequila Makes Her Clothes Fall Off or something. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> Gwen's got her eyes closed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so pretty random. But, <laughs> but we knew him, and he had mentioned uh, when I was uh, younger to my dad, like if I had ever got into recording or writing, that we could reach out to him. So... We reached out to him asking if he had any recommendations of places to record or anything like that. And he recommended a place in Nashville called Baird Studios, um, which is where I ended up recording my album. And with all the research we were doing, it it actually ended up being like the most cost effective Mm. option as well. Um, And I got to do it in Nashville because I think in Nashville, there's a lot more um, need for that sort of thing. So it's definitely a lot is it's. not quite as expensive as it would be in Fort Myers where there's, it's, it's more of a rarity. Um, so.
1: What was it like to work with musicians you'd never met before? It was. Cause that's how it works, right? Yes. You show up and they know they've like, I guess, practiced some or whatever. Well, I mean, how does that even work? Yeah.
0: So they're just so <laughs> they're talented. Just so good
1: that you could just be like, this is how it goes. Yes. And you're like, here we go. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> literally. Um, so I had, like, a pre-production meeting with um, the, like, technical, like, he played the bass on my album, but he also, like, co-produced it with me. Um, and so uh, we had a meeting, and I played all the songs for him, like, recordings of them that I had just, like, voice memos with my, me and my piano. Um, and he charted them all out in, like, Nashville charting um uh, yeah <laughs> charts <laughs> and he gave the the next day we went into the studio and he gave those out to the musicians and they listened to it uh once and then they just kind of did it and I kind of gave them like direction of like the feel I wanted it to have or like little things that I wanted them to add in but mostly it was just them like a really collaborative thing so it was amazing.
1: Were you able to get through most of the songs in a couple takes or did some of them take longer? Like how did that all work some out? Some
0: of them took longer, but we finished all of it in a day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, we finished, I actually, I made two trips to Nashville uh, over the span of two different summers. So half of it, we finished we, five songs. We finished in a day and then the next five, we finished the next summer in a day when I went up again. Um, and I think those songs uh, are probably a, a few songs from the second batch are probably my favorites off the album because I had had a little bit more experience. I knew what to expect going into it. Um, and so I was able to give even more direction and like get more specific about what I wanted the sound to be like, but I love all my songs.
1: So. Where is it? How can people find it? What platforms are you on?
0: It's out on all music platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, anything you can think of, Deezer. <laughs> like I don't know if anyone listening uses Deezer, but it's on there. First so.
1: time I've heard that word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it until I was releasing music. How's it doing out there? Um, on Spotify, Spotify is like the main place where I can see statistics because it, Spotify for artists is like the best app of like the streaming services but Spotify is not the best as far as royalties are concerned
1: and I, I, yeah I know I understand yeah. that
0: but, yeah. <laughs> but um it's doing pretty well on Spotify it has uh cumulatively over 400,000 streams That must feel pretty good yeah hmm.
1: are you working on new stuff now
0: I am I I'm always writing I wrote I think like four songs this week um and I, I I recorded, I, I think the next thing I do, I want it to either be, like, I'm producing it myself or collaborating with, like, a producer um, that I meet in college, maybe. Um, but I have, I've made, I made a little track for a college audition of my own song and through a garage band, and I was like, huh. Because since then, like, I've taken a class in it. Um, I, I went to a Berkeley. Uh, summer songwriting program this past summer. And there was a little bit more instruction in how to use like the DAW software and stuff like that. Um, I know that word. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, I'm learning more about it and trying to teach myself and and learn from others. And hopefully I I actually just released another single too. Um, I think Gwen Three just went like this. Now? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Thanks, we, Gwen. we streamed it. It was uh it was released when we were on our Disney trip and mm-hmm. we I let it play on my phone for like like 12 hours straight yeah. <laughs> and, we, <laughs> and then at the parks, everyone in line, we were like, "Hey, do you like music?" because I just released a single. And they were like, "Oh my gosh, no way." <laughs> I actually ended up signing a few autographs. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um when you were looking around at studios in town, do you happen to remember if you came across Juniper Recording?
0: I'm not sure. I don't – it was a while ago, so I don't remember the names. Well, i just – we can talk more after the
1: show, but there's a guy named Caleb Caleb Neff. He's been on this show before. He he records out of his house in Cape Coral, Mm -hmm. which doesn't sound fancy. But he's got like all this old gear and crazy microphones, and he is so – good. Cool. And uh, after we're done with this recording, I'm going to play you something that's going to make you laugh and okay. laugh and laugh about okay. Caleb. Um, yeah. Juniper recording. Just a shout out to hey Caleb if you're listening. <laughs> um, okay. You ready for your third song?
0: Yes, I am.
1: Okay. I'm loving this one.
0: (laughs) So this is Careless Whisper by George Michael, um, and I think we can listen to it first.
1: All right. I love it. Uh, Careless Whisper. It's actually by Wham! with the exclamation mark with George Michael. This was before he went solo, because I was there back then. Uh, Careless Whisper by George Michael, released in 1984 on the Wham! album Make It Big. This is Kristen Noble's final song today on Three Song
2: Stories.
0: So this one is funny story so sophomore year um i was in acting and we had a project to make our own scene in pantomime um so we had to make like an audio track for it but we couldn't use any dialogue um and i was paired up with my friend anna and uh our scene was going to be like i was picking her up from somewhere and then the main like gag was that like i we kept switching the radio channels so like i would turn on one radio station and she would turn on another one and we would like fight over it um and because i thought that was a good way to like incorporate the uh, the audio aspect of it so um we wanted it to be very contrasting like we wanted one to have like a really smooth like jazzy feel and then the other to be like screamo metal um and so we wanted to use this song, but neither of us knew what it was called, um, and none of us, neither of us, knew any of the words from it. We only knew the. <laughs> <laughs> so we went around to literally, I think, everyone in our class, asking them, "Do you know the song that goes?" <laughs> and no one knew what we were talking about, or they were like, "Oh yeah, I know that song, but you I don't know what or it's, it's called." You your teachers. So, yeah. So the next thing we were like, OK, well, no one here seems to know it. So uh, I was like, hey, maybe Mr. Stroh, our music teacher, would know it because he knows a lot of music. Right. And so um, we went to like we walked all the way over to the music building and he was on his planning. So he didn't have a class. And we walked in and we were like, Mr. Stroh. Do you know the song that goes do 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 And he was
1: like, "Duh."
0: No. Oh no, he did. <laughs> I we probably didn't sing it very well.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you hadn't then heard it again right. to now know how to do it right. Like right. Like,
0: so it was kind of more just like do 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 And he was like, "What are you talking about?" And he thought that we were crazy, and um, so he didn't know it. And we were like, Ugh, "No one knows what this is." Is, but we both knew it was a song but we couldn't find it we looked everywhere online and we just ended up having to use a different song we use like a random jazz like elevator music from the youtube like audio library right
1: something copyright something, free yeah
0: <laughs> and so um it was finally the day where we were performing sorry <laughs> here you went I'm getting over, like, a cold right now, so... Take your time. We're going to have to edit that out. Oh, yeah.
1: No, this will all be gone. (laughs) The magic of radio. This is why I told you it's not live. Do whatever you need to do. Lovely.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm good. Okay. So, it was finally the day where we were performing our uh, pantomime for the class, and we were walking to the black box to go to class and we met up with our other friend Brian um on the way there and he was just like we were just like talking about the project and like whatever and we were like, "Yeah, we we really wanted to use this one song. Then, do you know it goes do?" And he goes, "Oh, Careless Whisper." <laughs> and we were like, "Brian, why did you not say this earlier?" <laughs> and so it was just so funny because he knew it the whole time. And I'm sure we asked him, but he, I guess, didn't understand the first time. He was like, "You should have asked me before." We were like, "We definitely asked the whole class." Like. So we ended up just having to use our random elevator music. So you weren't able to do that no, in time and pull it, not it off? Because we had already had like our audio track all edited and like set to go. But in our hearts, it was Careless Whisper playing. <laughs> hmm.
1: Have you listened to much George Michael or is that kind of like the only one?
0: No, that's really the okay, only one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, you, you, he's got some good stuff. I
0: should. I will. That song I'll came out
1: this. when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. So it takes me back to that time. And what did I know about those lyrics? Good yeah. Lord. <laughs> yeah uh so how much time have you spent analyzing taylor swift's discography
0: (laughs) so do you have like
1: databases or anything
0: (laughs) um well my main database is probably just my playlist and it's a cumulative playlist of her whole discography like even songs there's like i don't know i don't want it to get taken down but i think there's like a unreleased song on there um they, they won't find. They they won't find yeah, me. No, really, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, And and like songs that she's written for other people, or songs that she's like featured on. <clears throat> so, I yes, I love to analyze her discography. I also watch sometimes this one um, YouTube this amazing woman on youtube Uh, her name is english teacher kp and she's just this like lady who is an english teacher and she makes videos where she like analyzes poetry and she analyzes songs and taylor swift songs um and i love her videos because i just love like Picking them apart and like dissecting them, all the different little uh, nuances in there. And like it it just creates like a more uh, whole listening experience for me than when I listen to them. And I'm like, oh, so good when I fully understand it. Oh, it's so good.
1: Have you seen her live?
0: Not yet, but I'm going to her tour in April. So this is
1: a, it's a you know you're going.
0: Yes. yeah. There's a I date
1: have, that you're counting yes, down.
0: Yes, April 15th. I will be there in Tampa. Probably bawling my eyes out. Do you know where <laughs> your seats are? Um, They're actually pretty good. They're like kind of like right near the catwalk a little bit. Yeah. Uh, not like right next to it, but they're near it. They were. Yeah, that's kind of like my graduation and Christmas and birthday present in one.
1: (laughs) I get that. Um, Have you seen any other concerts?
0: I've seen a few, yeah. I've seen, like I said, One Direction. Um, I saw Kelsey Ballerini when I was in fifth grade. That was just at like a mall. So I don't really know how I saw that, but (laughs) I did because I loved her. Um, And then I saw... Harry Styles by himself.
1: That's the guy on the magazine at Publix.
0: Yeah, that's the guy <laughs> on the magazine. He just won <laughs> Album of the Year too at the Grammys. Um, I saw him uh, last year, and then I saw Dodie, uh, um and Lizzie McAlpine, one of my favorite artists, opened for her too. That was amazing. And I saw Sabrina Carpenter recently too. Um, and I think I think that's it. I don't think I'm forgetting any. No.
1: All right. Ready for a speed round? Sure. Do you have a nickname that you'd be willing to share?
0: Um, I don't really have a nickname. People just call me Kristen. Chris Starnoble. Oh, Chris Starnoble. There we go. They gave me that one.
1: Gwen busted you on that <laughs> one. Um, are you a karaokeer?
0: Sometimes, yeah, if the, if the mood is right.
1: Will yeah. it always be Taylor Swift?
0: No, it, 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 it might be Taylor Swift often, but not always.
1: <laughs> um, if you were a championship wrestler, what song would you use to... Enter to. Oh,
0: my gosh. And which
1: Taylor Swift song would it be?
0: <laughs>
1: um, no, it doesn't have to be a Taylor
0: Swift. No, it probably would be a Taylor Swift song. It would probably be like, Are You Ready For It? <laughs> Are You Ready For It? <laughs> <laughs> from, ta- from Reputation. I think it's just called Ready For It, actually.
1: We'll we'll, we'll insert some right here <laughs> okay. so listeners can hear what that sounds like. What would your wrestler name be?
0: Um, Christar Destroyer. Okay, <laughs> Chris, the destroyer.
1: Um, you know, it's funny we asked this question, and you can practically pull up data on it. Um, which, what song do you think you've listened to the most times in your life?
0: Oh, um, that's a good question. Uh, it's probably a Taylor Swift song too. Um, well, then
1: which which of her songs do you think you've probably hit repeat on the most?
0: Uh, it depends on if it's like recent or like throughout my whole life. But if it's recent, I listen to August a lot from Folklore, like on repeat a lot. <laughs>
1: um, besides Taylor Swift, who would you most like to share a stage or studio with?
0: Probably Lizzie McAlpine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love her.
1: Um, song you wish you could hear again? For the first time, fresh, let it hit your ears and your brain for that very first time.
0: Oh my gosh, probably the <laughs> this is all I'm talking about is Taylor. No, Cohen. that's okay. That's why I led
1: with it. That's why I like literally <laughs> hit us right in the teeth with it at the beginning because I knew we were going there.
0: But it would probably be ten minute all too well because that was kind of like a religious experience to listen to for the first time. Yeah.
1: Gwyns nodding her head in, in agreement, uh,
0: laying in the dark in my room with like my lights on and just like absorbing it all and. And I just remember like everything she would say, I was like, oh, oh my jaw would drop.
1: Um, so you made an album. I did. Do you listen to albums besides Taylor Swift?
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Taylor Swift's my favorite artist, but I listen to so many different artists. Like so many. Well,
1: you know, nowadays though, it's piecemeal. You know, like yeah. I don't know how often people anymore really listen from, you know, track one through track 12 in yeah. order all at once.
0: Definitely. If I'm listening to an album, I always listen to it in order. Um but yeah I listen to albums a lot um all the way through that's like if there's a new artist I want to get into I'll usually just put on like one of their albums um I'll pick one and then if I like it I'll listen to another one um but yeah I of course listen to Taylor Swift's albums but I also I love this one album um Are You Happy Now by Jensen McRae it's so good and just like uh, Joni Mitchell, even though I can't stream her anymore, I still listen to her on vinyl. Um, Why
1: well, can't you stream anymore? Did she take her stuff down or she's something? It's
0: down off of Spotify huh. because it was like, I mean, I love her for it, but it's sad that I can't listen huh. to her anymore.
1: Um, are there any songs you'll avoid listening to?
0: Hmm. Huh.
1: I'll rephrase that and make it, make it uh, harder. Um, <laughs> are there any Taylor Swift songs you'll skip past?
0: Oh. That's hard. Um. If I'm, okay, if I'm, it depends on what mood I'm in, right? So if I'm feeling, like, really happy and I'm wanting to listen to a happy song, then I might skip her sad songs sometimes, which is, I mean, most of her songs are sad. But, um, or or vice versa, if I'm feeling sad, I might skip, like, a super happy one. But, oh, I don't want to say this, but probably my least favorite Taylor Swift song is Girl at Home from Red. Um, I don't, but, but I will say, I like the Taylor's version of it better than I liked the original version of it uh she changed the production a little bit um and i like it better now so i won't even really skip that anymore
1: if you could broadcast a song into the head of all humans in one collective moment what would it be
0: oh there's so many (laughs) um hmm is it allowed to it, to be one of my own?
1: <laughs> Absolutely, no. You would not be the first musician who's used this as a marketing uh, attempt. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, then if I had to pick one of my songs, maybe "The Breaks Are Broken." Um, I love that song. It's a very vulnerable song for me. It's about kind of like my struggle with anxiety and stuff. So, but even though it's vulnerable, I still would want other people to hear it because I think it could help them. And also, I just really like the bridge. So. <laughs>
1: Um, we normally ask people what their 14-year-old self would think of who they are today, um, which hasn't been that long for you. Um, but I'm going to rephrase it 15-year-old self Aww. because of your your song. But, you know, you've kind of already told that story. But, you know, how would your 15-year-old self think of who you are here heading toward college, et cetera?
0: I think she would be very proud. Um, just proud of how far I've come in, like, discovering myself and, like, pursuing my music and going for it. Um, And I think she'd just think that I'm, like, cool, too. So, yeah, I I wish I could go back and, like, talk to her.
1: What would you tell her?
0: Uh, I would probably just tell her, no matter how bad things seem, it will be okay. Like, give it time and just focus on yourself and your music and it'll be okay.
1: That's good advice to everyone listening. Um, okay. It's time for you to recommend your three people and then we're going to set up and have you play your uh, debut, your song for us. Yes. So here are your three people.
0: Okay. Um, I think the first one is going to be my friend, Bella, <laughs> Bella Camarado, um, because I think that she would be fun to have on here. Um, the second person is going to be my, my bestie, Marissa, who I talked about um, with in 15, Um Marissa Spur, yeah, <laughs> and then the third one is going to be my friend Anna Reed, who I talked about in the in the Careless Whisper story. So
1: okay, we'll share this with them. I will hook them on our podcast, and <laughs> I then will. we'll try to get them in the studio. Yeah. Any final thoughts for us and our listeners?
0: Stream lyrical therapy on all music platforms. <laughs> <laughs> what she said. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer and she hosts. Our production assistant is Jared the intern, Gonzalez. Christophus is our executive producer. And our theme song was created by Dave Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune We're handing it off to Kristen This is her performing her original song Celestial For the very first time in public In our studio Keep
2: listening If there's a God and she brought me you There's nothing else I need her to do My prayers are all answered Her work is through Follow me down to the edge Take a leap of faith, study my eyes and my brain Lay me down and pray, paint me baby blue Let me be your muse I say that you're perfect, I'll try to see myself that way Time seems to stop as I'm running up the staircase Sunlights lights up the room, it's so A synth. So gentle, like a cling.